Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Second uh, Peter chapter number 3 is where we're going to be today. Uh, we're going to read this as kind of a launching point. It's going to be uh, the proof text uh, for the first uh, point of our lesson as well. But here's, here's what I want to do to, today is we're in lesson number four of this series. And I've started off Matthew chapter number 26 talking about really the title of the series, uh, Thy Will Be Done. Those words come from a prayer that Jesus prays right before crucifixion. And um, so uh, we went to lesson number two was what is not of God's will and basically talking about how that sometimes we worry so much about being in God's will that we simply need to just step back and maybe identify the things that God says this is not of my will. And so this will be a little bit of a play off of that. And then last week we talked about the God of the will, basically saying that when we fail to trust the will of God, ultimately what we are also doing is we're failing to trust the God of the will, meaning this, that if we cannot completely submit and trust the will of God, that's not really a, we like to maybe over-spiritualize it, but ultimately that is a sign that we don't also trust the God of the will. And so today um, what I want to just say simply talk about is what is in God's will. So we talked about what is not in God's will, what is in God's will. And so for lesson number four, we've titled it, This is Thy Will. And if you'll give me a couple of minutes in the, in the introduction, I'll explain why that is so important. But lesson number four, we'll read 2 Peter 3, 9, and then we'll introduce it and move on to uh, a couple of points and be done. But let's, let's read 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse 9. The Bible says this, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so you have the other ones, other uh, uh, verses there in your notes as well, and we'll refer back to those as we go through the points. But I want to use that to kind of kick us off today. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, your word. Lord, we thank you for your will. And God, we understand that as human beings, it is often difficult for us to wrap our minds around a perfect and um, an infinite and eternal will that you are working. And God, today these points uh, will be simple, but yet I believe that they will also be profound in that many times we look for something in your will that is not always there. And so God, I ask that you would help us as we look into your word. Lord, help me to be clear in what you have uh, helped me to study. Lord, help me to see this week. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just give me the words to say. Fill me with your spirit. Empty me of myself. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, when we talked about uh, about what is not of God's will, I used the illustration of the, have you ever kind of run into someone that maybe you're familiar with a topic or maybe you've studied a couple of talking points and then you run into someone and you just, the, that person seems to be the expert on it. And so it really kind of makes you second guess things. Maybe you watched one YouTube video about it and then they show up in your life and you start having a conversation and all of a sudden it's like, well, I thought I knew something about 
eating clean and now all of a sudden this person's made me feel like I, I don't know anything about eating clean. I've, I'm doubting my whole life. And so sometimes the way that we respond to that is, well, if I can't know at all, then I'm just going to not, not know any of it or I'm just going to keep asking this person questions. And so today is kind of the flip-flop of that, all right? One of the things that we often do as human beings and as Christians is when we can't see the whole picture, we often doubt the steps in getting there, all right? We often maybe step back and say, well, if I can't see it all, if I can't figure it all out, then I don't know that what I'm doing is right. My son is a big Lego builder, and as you know, Legos are some of the most enjoyable yet frustrating things in the creation of the world, all right? Let's just put it like that. And so how many of you, you built Legos growing up? Built Legos growing up? Oh, some, even got some girls' hands up, all right? And so uh, my, my son is like, he, he loves Legos. He gets Legos for almost every birthday, for, for every little trip to the store. And so um, one of the things that he got a couple of Christmases ago was a knockoff Lego set. How many of you have ever tried to build a knockoff Lego set? Like they look so cool in the picture. But the instructions are the most difficult thing I've ever seen in my life. Like Lego is brilliant because they make everything in like two, four, sixes, and eights. Not knockoff Legos. Like they make it in sevens and nines and 21 like little dot pieces. And it's like, oh my goodness, is this a 21 dot or is it a 16 dot? And so Braxton, one of the things that he got was he got a hockey rink. Then it like lit up and like you could put the players on it. And like it looks, it's one of those things that the picture is so deceiving. I'm not joking. It sat on our table for probably our kitchen table for probably three months while I would and I would go in like I need to go work on that hockey Legos like it was like it was it was so degrading to go in there and think okay and like I would when I was making the little wrap around the hockey rink like it wanted it to be oblong I would get all the way around and I would be like three pieces short and I'm like how did I do it? And it would be because there were like two seven pieces and I had put like a six piece in. And so now I have these two little dots at the end and I'm like, okay, this, this is stupid. And there were times where I w it would like complete, like you'd flip to the next page and it would just be like four pieces. And it would let's say, put these four pieces together. And I was like, what am I gonna do with that? Like you have to set it over to the side and remember what you did with the four pieces that you connected. And sometimes in Legos, I'm not sure, how, it's obviously hopefully been a while since you built some, all right? It hasn't been that long for me, I have, I have kids, all right? But um, maybe it's been a while, at least a couple of months before you, uh, since you built one. But do you ever remember in the directions having to build something small and then set it over to the side? You ever remember that? Like it was a piece to the whole thing. And most of the time, why do you buy Legos? You buy Legos because when you walk by, the picture on the front is so cool. Like they even make the little people look like they're jumping off the boat. And so you think like, this is gonna be so great, this guy's gonna jump off the boat. And then you realize that you have to make him jump off the boat. Like he doesn't actually look that cool in real life, but you buy it because of the picture. And yet sometimes when you pull out those direction books or sometimes the way that they are now, it comes with like five direction books and that's so discouraging, all right? Like, like book one, bag one. And it's like, all right, this is going to be fun, all right? And so you get, to the, you get those little things, you get those little pieces and you put them together. And if you're not careful, you will think this has nothing to do with the end game. God's will is the same way as that. 
Sometimes it feels like, well, I have this beautiful picture of where I want to be in life. I have, I have, this, I have this perspective that I think that God is working at. I have something that I believe that God is doing with my life. So why in the world am I sitting here having to put together these couple of pieces in my life? And it's because, and I want you to see this in your main idea, is that many times the unknown will of God works through the known will of God. Well, I want this and I I want a godly family and I want a good husband and I want a good job and I want a good education and I want all of this. So why in the world am I struggling with this piece right now? Why am I struggling with maybe my relationships? Why am I struggling with maybe the things that are in my life? Or why am I even at this point? Why can't I find someone to date? Why can't I find the job that's going to make, make ends meet? Why can't I do this? Sometimes the unknown will of God flows through the known will of God. And many times what we miss as human beings is this. We fail at the known will. If you will, to go back to our Lego illustration, we fail at putting the little pieces together and then we wonder why the big picture doesn't work out the way that it should. And it's many times because God is taking us and really in some ways testing us with the little instructions in life with the things that we're putting together to where it's like, well, this doesn't make sense. I don't know where this goes. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of our life, it all comes together and it makes sense. And so what I want to do today is really identify four, I guess, commands or attributes or whatever you want to call them here, four commands that we know to be in the will of God. Four commands that we know to be in the will of God. The first one is this. God's will is that you and others be saved. Now that's worded very intentionally, so I want to I want to give you why that is worded like that. I understand that my crowd and the people who are in this room today chances are you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're here today and you slipped into our class and for some reason you have not done that, let me encourage you that that is God's will for your life. God's will is that you would be saved. 2 Peter 3, 9, the verse that we read, talks about how that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, the reason why that is worded like that is because I know that for many of you, from looking around the room, you're probably saved. But the rest of that phrase is this, is that God's will is for you and others to be saved, meaning this. If there is something in your life that is hindering the salvation of someone else, then it is not the will of God. If there is something in your life that is hindering the salvation of someone else, then it is not the will of God. Because why? We know that God's will is for everyone to be saved. Meaning this, that when you're down at the place, when, when you're down where you work or where you're at, wherever, uh, maybe you go to school or once you're, when you're around coworkers or whatever, if there are things in your life that are keeping them from knowing who Jesus Christ is, maybe it's even just your lack of boldness. Maybe it's even the, maybe it's a lack of character. Maybe it's a lack of your testimony. Maybe it's a lack of you talking about it. Maybe it's a lack of joy. Those are things that are not in the will of God because God's will is that everyone would be saved. So for us as Christians, here's what we must evaluate. 
is that if there is something in my life that is to the detriment of someone else's salvation, that is hindering them from salvation, hindering them from the gospel, that I am becoming a stumbling block to them getting to Jesus, then let's just go ahead and call that what it is, that that is not God's will, because God's will is that everyone should be saved. So let me flip that coin around one more time for you, all right? Not only should there be things that are not hindering someone from getting saved, but there should be things that are helping them to salvation. Those are the will of God. Those things that we do that can help minister to someone, the things that how we handle ourselves in maybe meetings, how we handle ourselves in maybe our, our time frames, how we handle ourselves in what we do and how we interact with others, how we handle our joy, how we handle trials. Those are all things that should be helping and pointing someone to Jesus Christ, meaning this that how you interact with those that are lost can help you identify the will of God for your, for your life because God's will is that everyone would be saved. Ow, that hurt. Oh, man, that was right. Woo, that was like one of those ones that make your fingers tingle, make you wonder if... Some of you didn't even see what happened. I just hit my elbow right on the corner of that. I tried to be tough, but I just couldn't, all right? Secondly is this. <laughs> my dad when he had his knee surgery one of the things he said was he goes I'm tough until somebody does something to me <laughs> so basically saying like yeah I can handle anything until it happens and then I can't handle it all right that's exactly how I feel right now I'm gonna keep scratching that just for a second all right God's will is that you are pure God's will is that you are pure that you be pure um, however you want to word that we already referred to this in lesson number two so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it but first Thessalonians chapter number four verse three says this it says for this is the will of God even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication can I just go ahead and say this that you will not find God's will in an impure lifestyle okay you will not find God's will in an impure lifestyle, whether that's fornication, whether that is just maybe the things that you're listening to, okay? You're not going to find God's will for your life off of a, a show on Netflix that's rated R, okay? Like, well, I watched this movie and like there was something that just clicked with me. No, no, that, that's not how God's will works, all right? God's will does not flow through impurity, when Paul is writing this, we talked. We already went through 1 Thessalonians earlier this year uh, in our Living in Light of Eternity series. But when Paul is writing this, he says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, meaning this. God wants there to be something that is happening in you as a Christian. God wants there to be something that is changing in you. God wants there to be something that is separating you, that is distinguishing you from those who are not saved. That is God's will. So what you have to step back and ask yourself is, is this, is that if I am not growing, if I am not pure, if I am not maybe growing in sanctification, if I am not becoming more like Christ, to give it the Romans 8 terminology, if I am not, ha if that is not happening, then I'm not just going to stumble into God's perfect will for my life, okay? When we talk about dating, one of the things that I have heard hundreds of people say is this, is that if you want to get married, be marryable. 
Be the person that you want to marry. And sometimes we're so guilty of just saying, well, I want this good godly guy, or I want this good godly girl, or I want this maybe overly spiritual person, or I want God's will for my life. And yet we're not living and operating in God's perfect will for us by being pure and by growing and growing ourselves and and allowing ourselves to become more like Christ. So secondly, God's will is that you be pure. But then notice, thirdly, is that God's will is that you are thankful. God's will is that you are thankful. It's interesting to me that out of all of the things that God specifically said is my will, thankfulness was one of them. Is that, do you find that intriguing? That God did, let this sink in, that God did not even say, it is my will that you read my word. Now, I think that we could probably step back and we could find some verses that would support that that is the will of God. But one of the things that God took the time to specifically say in his word is my will is that he said, in everything, give thanks. Why do you think that is? That's one of your application questions for the end. Can I give you my thoughts on it? I think the reason why that is worded so specifically in scripture is because he says, in everything give thanks, meaning this, that for us as Christians, when we are faced with difficulty, when we are faced with hard times, when we are faced with trials, that we are called upon to be thankful. We can even step back and we can doubt the situation that we're in. Jesus did that in Matthew chapter number 26. That's one of the things that I tried to pull out in our first lesson. We can doubt the problem. We can doubt the situation. We can doubt the struggle and the trial. But what we should never do is fail to be thankful for it. Because why? If we can be thankful, we can be trustful. If we can be thankful in the will of God and for the will of God, thankful for hard times, thankful for things that we don't understand, thankful for things that we doubt, then I can promise you this, that we can also be full of trust in the God who has brought them into our lives. So first of all, we want to make sure that God's will is that everyone would be saved. Secondly, God's will is that you would be pure, or if you want to even say this, you would be growing and separating and sanctifying. Thirdly, is that God's will is that you be thankful and then lastly, and I find this one interesting as well, in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 15, we see that God's will is that you do well. God's will is that you do well. Now let me bring you back full circle here, all right? Look at 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 15. It says this, For so is the will of God. What is it? All right, when we see this is the will of God as Christians, as people who would want to be in the will of God, we should perk up and listen, shouldn't we? He says, for so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. That with well-doing that ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You guys do understand, I don't need to rehash it or rehearse it for you because you live in the real world that there are a lot of people in the world today saying stupid stuff. Everybody understands that? All right, okay. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I said something this week. All right, okay, then you, <laughs> you can vote on that as well. All right, there's people that just are saying foolish things. And one of the things that is in God's will for every single one of us is that we would do well, that we would live well. The truth is, is that's kind of an open-ended definition, isn't it? 
that's kind of something that is, is, is somewhat vague, but I think that as Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we know what that means. We know that that means how we interact with others. We know that that means our, that, that is probably a testament to our character. We know that that means how we interact with our families, how we interact with other Christians, how we interact with the lost. We know what doing and living well is. And the reason why God's de, God desires that and that that is the will of God is so that the ignorance of the foolish will be silenced. Meaning this, the way that you live your life has the opportunity to silence those who are against God. Let that sink in for a moment. It's interesting to me when there are Christians who, they want to be flamboyant, they want to be real bombastic about, well, this is what God says. And isn't it interesting that those are sometimes the people that something wicked and vile comes out about? Something, something that is horrible and wrong comes out about them. And it's because, man, they're telling everybody the, what God says, and they're telling everybody how they should live. But guess what? They failed to live and do well, and so they didn't get to silence anybody. In fact, they just added fuel to the fire. How you live your life will either silence or louden those who are foolish. How you live your life will either silence or louden those who are foolish. And if you have a life that is not lived well, if you have a life that lacks character, if you have a life that is filled with sin, guess what? That will not silence the foolish. It will only embolden them. And so let me put all the pieces together for you to show you how this works. If the will of God is a line, if it's a, if it's a Lego manual, let's go back to that illustration. If that is what that looks like, Many times what we want is we want to be over here. We want the pretty picture on the front. We want it to look the way that it's supposed to. We want everything here. In today's lesson, the point is to show you this, is that getting there starts by sometimes putting together some of the little pieces here. Starts by not misstepping here. If you'll recall your Lego days, how many times did you ever get to the part where it was time to put everything together and you realized that you had skipped a step, right? That was frustrating, wasn't it? Or that you missed a piece or that you put the wrong piece on and so it didn't go together the way that it needed to. And a lot of Christians are here and they're frustrated and they're trying to take their life and put it all together like, well, I can't figure out why this isn't working. I can't figure out how to do this. I can't figure out why this doesn't go together like it was supposed to. I can't figure out why I don't have this perfect picture of life the way that God intended it to be. And it's because if you step back and you retrace everything, there was so much that occurred in these early steps that was not the way that God intended it, that there's no way that they're going to get to that point and be able to put it all together. And for you right now as a young adult, it is important for you to understand that you may not have the full picture yet, but you're putting together those important pieces. You're building blocks right now that are going to make it go together more simply and more easily and more godly. And so right now, do the work of putting together the little pieces that are God's will so that one of these days you can experience the unknown perfect will of God. Can I just stand before you and say that I am a living, breathing testament of that? I can't tell you how many times I've gone through something and in the moment I've been frustrating and frustrated and thinking, this is stupid. Why, like, why is this happening? 
and yet maybe five, ten years down the road, I see, you know what? That's the reason why God was doing that. I have a guy here on our staff, I'll close with this, all right? I have a guy here on our staff, he said this to me just the other day. He said, you know what? I bounced, he said, I was not trained to bounce from job to job. He said, my dad had the, he said, started and ended at almost the same place. He said, I was not trained to do that. And yet he said, my early years of adulthood and college, he said, I bounced around from job to job. He said, I, and he said it wasn't because I got fired. It wasn't because I got let go. He said, I just literally couldn't put the, he said, I would get somewhere. And he said, then I would end up getting another job and I'd bounce around to that. And he said, I couldn't ever remember. And he says, looking back on it now, he says, every single job I had has trained me to do something here in the work of God and in the will of God. He said, I, he said, I got frustrated in my early life because I couldn't figure out, well, why can't I find somewhere that I enjoy? Why can't I find somewhere that I stick? He said, every single job has prepared me for the one job that I have right now. And it could very well be that you as a young adult, you might be frustrated right now. You might have some doubts. You might have some questions. But you're putting together those important pieces so that one of these days you can put together the whole thing. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes and we'll pray. We'll be done, dear. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.